Soccer Coach Weekly podcast with me, Steph Fairburn. Thank you for joining us as we get insights and ideas from coaches working across the game to help you develop into the coach you want to be. This episode, I'm joined by Lewis Vaughan-Jones, a coach based in Nottingham, England. 22-year-old Lewis is first-team coach at Step 7 men's senior side Wallerton FC and also coaches at Notts County Girls Academy and Notts County Boys Development Centre, all alongside his full-time job as a PE teacher. Having a number of coaching roles and a packed schedule might sound familiar to a lot of coaches listening to this. I caught up with Lewis to talk about how he manages his time, what's similar and different across the environments he coaches in, and some of the obstacles he faces being a young coach in the men's senior game. Lewis, welcome to the Soccer Coach Weekly podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. No, really great to have you on. Do you want to start by telling the listeners a bit about you and who you are as a coach and a bit about your coaching journey? Yeah, that's fine. So um, obviously my name is Lewis. I'm based in Nottingham. Um, I started coaching about four years ago when I was 18. So uh, I got into it about two years later than I wanted to. Um, but end up coaching, started coaching my little cousin's team, got invited to do another team uh, through hours that I needed at uni. Uh, and then it's kind of been up to now, uh, coaching at a step seven side at a first team, which is thoroughly enjoyable. Um, I'm in at Notts County Development Centres as well with the eights, nines and the fourteens. And the Notts County girls on a Friday night, they're goalkeepers as well. Um, so it's kind of been up really and it's come to this point and I'm really enjoying it. And we have a great National League club um, that offers a lot of development opportunities um, a lot of good coaching and then like I say with my first team I've uh, really been enjoying that as well. So I think you're like a lot of coaches that are probably coaching a fair few teams um, the week is, is filled up with some coaching and you and you touched on it there but I suppose give us a bit more of a view of what your week looks like and what those different environments are that you're going into. So week to week it can be a bit different uh, depending on what I'm doing Usually I'll be working half seven till half four because I obviously teach PE in a primary school as well. So I'm working during the day. Mondays are like my only evening off, um, to be fair. Uh, so they're quite chilled. Um, Tuesdays can be an evening off. Sometimes I'll cover. I might help out with the development centres if needed as well. Uh, sometimes I help my mate out and I'll cover his sessions. Um, Wednesday is quite a full on day. That can be at work all day. And then I'll be straight to Notts County five till eight in the evening. And then I'm straight to first team's training, half eight to half nine. So that can be near 14 hour day. So that's quite a long one. Um, Thursdays work again. Then I actually train myself in the evening from half eight till 10. Um, so I'm still playing on Sunday. Sometimes I'll help cover sessions as well if I need to. And then Fridays work all day. And then I work with the goalkeepers at Notts County Girls from half five till quarter to seven, seven o'clock time. Uh, and then Saturdays is full on all day coaching. And then Sundays I play myself as well. Uh, so Monday's like my only evening off, really. It's quite a full-on week. Yeah, it it sounds it. It sounds really impressive, but also really, really intense. What does your planning look like? How do you factor your planning in? When do you do your planning? Yeah, what does that look like within your week? So I've kind of moved away from traditional planning, if that makes sense. So when I'm working with grassroots teams I think I kind of plan basics because there's always things that you've got to attend for you know you plan for 16 kids you might get 11 turn up uh, you plan for x amount of space that might end up changing so I kind of plan loosely based off of a topic um, so back when I used to coach on the 12 team I'd plan for let's say breaking lines um, and I have a rough idea of what I wanted to do scribble down on paper that's how I like it 
I'm not a fan of, fan of session plan templates. I like scribbled notes and then it adapt from there. Whereas with goalkeepers on a Friday night, I know roughly how many I'm going to have. And I know specifics down to the space, what goals I have available. And then obviously because it's the girls academy, you're getting written reports on what you might, what goalkeepers need to work on, what the coaches would like to see them improve on. So you can base that. And I would normally plan that from the Monday. So I'd get the reports in from the games at the weekend and I'd do that on a Monday evening. Um, same with the development centres. You get the kind of reports of what they might need to work on if they play for the academy side uh, at the weekend. And then I can plan all that Monday. But in terms of grassroots coaching, it's kind of a loose plan, uh, really. Because obviously, as you know yourself, you've, you have to adapt on the spot half the time. So it's a, a loose session plan, a loose topic. And then I'll go from there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So across those different environments what about you as a coach stays the same and what is different depending on the environment I suppose in terms of behaviors so I've the I did a lot of a bit of coaching for the football fun factory that some of you might know and their priorities were safety fun and development so that was their top three priorities and since I've gone on with them that's kind of stuck for me so my sessions for any age group all the way through to adults and open age will always be safety then it's fun, then it's development. Because if people are safe, if people are having fun, that's when they'll develop. I'm not trying to like steal their priorities, but they really stuck with me. And it's something that really stood out. And it's something that I've tried to adapt to take into all of my coaching. Um, but the main thing for me is making sure it's fun. Anybody, no matter what the age, if they're not having fun, they're not going to engage, they're not going to be interested. So like with the first team, sometimes we'll just do some sessions, we might just do a seven-a-side game because the lads find it fun, they're competitive, and then I can coach from that. Um, so fun is my main thing as a coach and with the um first team that you're coaching obviously you're quite a young coach I'm guessing some of those players are older than you um did it come as a bit of surprise for some of them that the focus is fun are they more used to I suppose the the other way of of coaching that we sometimes see which is more drills and and focus on technical tactical all the time yeah so when when I first went in um as a 21-year-old, obviously you've got players that are there like 35, 36. So it, it, I, I do know I've coached like guys in the past where, you know, they might have looked at me and gone, you know, what's this 21-year-old doing? You know, why should I listen to you kind of thing? And, and I, I completely get that because they've been playing senior football since they were 16, 17. So 20, 21 years um, for as long as I've been alive, basically. But So it, it's kind of a mix because I went in there wanting to coach a lot and you know get the proper sessions get the practices get the coaching points out and then i kind of realized what i'm telling these lads they've heard thousands of times before and when they played that long yeah there's some lads that you know in the 20s that you know want to learn but when you they've kind of played that long it kind of got to the point where me and the two other coaches that i work with we kind of sat down and went right we need to kind of maybe change our approach a little bit and so we now go on the small side of game focus because the lads get a lot more out of it than actually doing a full session. That's how it works for us anyway. It might be different for other teams, but for us and for me, I get a lot more returns from the boys and I get a lot better feedback when it's more game-based. So I'll definitely go on that fun approach and they've talked to it quite well. Um, They quite prefer it too. What about as well in terms of um, communication, obviously such a key part of coaching. How does your communication differ depending on the different groups that you're working with? It's a challenge. (laughs) It is a challenge. So I, I, on a Wednesday, I'll come from an under eights, nine session, under 14 session to then go and coach an adults team. So that it, it's a little bit different. I guess it's a, li- it's a little bit more relaxed with the younger ones, and that which I quite like, um, because when, when you get to the adults one, it obviously 
as anyone knows, adults, it, it, they expect the players expect it to be on point. They can kind of tell when a session's not going well. Um, so they expect it to be on point. So your communication's probably a bit more uh, autocratic. You're probably speaking at them a little bit more. Uh, with the younger ones, I, I quite like a trial and error approach, especially working in school. I like discussions, a little bit of oracy in there as well. Let them work it out and let them work as a team. Um, so it's a nice challenge to switch from one to the other within 45 minutes. But it's a good challenge. And it, it, I, I would say if anybody can do it, where they coach two different age groups back to back, then go, then try it. Because it does open your mind on even how you can bring something from under eights and under nines into a first team session, communication wise. Yeah, I was going to ask that actually. What have you learned about yourself as a coach across these environments? And then what what examples do you have of things that you do transfer across the environments? So I've learned that I'm a lot more confident. And from 16-year-old me leaving school, uh, my, I had no confidence whatsoever. And I think I kind of built it up. So going from the eights and nines, then to the twelves, and I was obviously we were under 15s, then 21s. And then going to a first team, I kind of built up and I made that confidence to where I feel a lot more confident being more vocal. Um, but it's also nice because obviously with the younger age groups, I'll sit back and I'll step back and observe a bit more. And I like that on a match day as well because my role is like a warm up and then a bit of input half time. So I take like the observation points from an under eights, under nines, but then I'll also apply that to a first team just to take a step back, come out of the intensity of the moment and just kind of observe and see what's going on and look at the bigger picture. And that's one of the big things that I took from that. Because I've stepped into senior football at 19. And, and I thought, uh, all I've seen from senior football on, was on TV. of It's intensely shouting. Everybody's speaking. It's always loud. And actually, I realised it's not the case. Um, that sometimes, you know, it's better off just to take that step back. And I probably helped me from that with my under eights and nines. And then taking that into the senior side as well. So staying with the senior football then, what have some of the biggest challenges been for you? Uh, I think I want to say gaining respect, obviously being a lot younger than some of the players. But to be fair, the boys that I work with and the lads that I work with, they are a really good group. Um, they've kind of, they've like they've been together, some of them for like five years. And then so I came in and they they know each other and I feel like they've the respect. I I feel like I gained the respect from them. Um, but I think one of the other biggest challenges as well is sort of sort of being on the sideline. You know, when you've got opposite managers who are in the forties, they, they I have had it in the past where some of them have kind of looked at me as if to go, "What? Why are you already here as a twenty-one year old, twenty-two year old?" And I think that some of the challenges kind of improving myself as well a little bit. Um, do I think I maybe stepped in senior football too early? Yeah, probably. But one of the one of the challenges is to prove yourself in that game. And, you know, I was at a club that was 45 minutes away, which I love. But then I got that offer to step up. And like I say, when I came in, it was just trying to gain that respect and learn the environment of what Step 7 senior football like, if that makes sense. Now it's a bit of a waffle, but... No, no, it really does make sense. So I suppose what advice would you be giving to someone that was maybe in your position then, quite young, stepping in at that level just about to take that challenge on i think the main thing is understanding what players you've got you know if you're if you're working with a squad that's average age of about 24 25 then you probably will get away with you know doing normal sessions um and putting a session plan out there but if you've got a squad where your average age is 30 plus they're probably not going to want to be overloaded at training with information i think it's tailoring the sessions to suit your squad so like i say for us we know that game-based situations are better 
we get better returns out of it. The lads prefer it and they feel more involved. And they have a little more fun. Whereas if I was to do, let's say, a session that I do a moment of 14s at Notts County, um, it'd be completely different. You know, they they want that to be the more of a session, more of a practice and more of the coaching points. So it's just kind of learning what your squad's like, learning what what works, what doesn't, because you will find your feet eventually. Um, but the players take to what I've found game-based better, sessions better. So it's just learning about your squad, really, and learning what your players are like. And then I suppose to flip that question, what would you say to the coaches that sometimes are, you know, in the other dugout a bit older that might be judging a young coach at such a level? I think it's about giving people a chance. I mean, the good thing about the league we're in, which is the Nottingham Senior League, there's a lot of young coaches in there, um, like with the guys at me at Wollerton. So the, the other two coaches that help at sessions, the assistant manager is, I think, 29. And then the one of the guys who plays, he's also one of the coaches. They've got the UEFA B there. He's about 26, 27. So we're quite a young coaching team. Um, and then you've got the manager as well. And then there's a lot of young coaches. And I think it's there's a reluctance, I think, to let young coaches have a go, if that makes sense. Um, especially at non-league level, people have the coaching team set. Um, and you see that right the way up. And a lot of people don't like to break that trend. But I think just get someone in, give them a chance, see what they can do. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But give young coaches a chance because it does work. And I've seen it. And I work with two great young coaches myself as well um, at Wollerton. So it's definitely about giving them a chance. And where do you stand then on um, the balance between, I suppose, getting experience, working towards your badges, doing other, other learning? What's kind of that balance like for you? Where are you at with it? So um, I completed my level two in 2020, which was just after the first set of restrictions were lifted. Uh, I think it was, in fact, no, it was October, so the second set. I wanted my UA to be this year. And to be honest, I didn't feel like I was ready for it. Um, I wanted another year of coaching before I really went for it. Um, and I, I decided in the meantime, I'm going to look, I did a lot of goalkeeping stuff. Uh, just to kind of keep ticking over and adding those qualifications. And it's sort of, yes, it add another string, adds another string to your bow, but also you, you can see that game a little bit more from a goalkeeper's side. So I think for me, my next step that I really want to do is I obviously want to do the UA for B. Um, but I can say as, at the minute, I just kind of wanted another year to get a bit more coaching experience before I then jump to that. I'm, I don't want to rush things, if that makes sense, and then get onto that UA for B and go, actually, I think I might be here a year too early. I think that's really refreshing to hear because I think often we hear people trying to, like you say, rush through the badges and sometimes maybe the experience doesn't match up. So I think you doing it a bit the other way is actually sounds like a really good approach and maybe like what more people need to do. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's just about taking your time, really. It's not, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. If you start coaching at a young age, you've got 40, 50 years to go and achieve what you want to achieve. Just take your time and learn as as long as learn along along the way. And you know, you if you do you wait for being a time by the ten years after you start, it's ten years after you start, but you've still done it. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose on that marathon, do you know where you maybe want it to lead you? Are you kind of happy with where you're at and seeing where the opportunities come, or do you have end goals in mind? Yeah. So the end goal for me is a full time role in football. Um, whether that be in academy, whether it be in a first team, whether it be in non-league. Uh, the end goal is a full-time coaching role in football. Um, but to be honest, I'm quite open. I never thought I'd see myself doing goalkeeping coaching. Um, I never thought it'd be for me. 
but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've, I've spent a year at Sheffield United as an academy scout. Didn't think the recruitment was either to me, but I did the talent ID qualifications, had a year there and really enjoyed it. I think football's one of those games where in industries where you can't set a, a set in stone goal because it'll always be an opportunity come your way that you probably haven't thought about. Um, so yeah, the end goal is um, a full-time role in football, but for me, I'm happy to see what opportunities come my way as well. A couple of questions then to wrap us up. The, the first one is what advice would you be giving to any coaches that are working multiple roles or, you know, might be getting more roles? What advice would you be giving to them? I think one thing is not to forget about your social life and that work-life, social life balance. When I first started, I I literally went coaching every single night for two hours. I was probably coaching for 10 hours across the week after work. And it got to a point where I kind of, I think I had a conversation with my dad and my dad even said to me, he was like, yeah, you look tired. And I went, what do you mean? He says, all this coaching is doing you no good. And at the time I'm thinking, well, no, I'm enjoying it. But then it got to a point, I think it was the end of a season. I just sat there and went, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't coach for this amount of hours and after working eight, nine hours a day. Um, so I, I made the decision to drop quite a few things. So I think on that situation, it's, embrace what comes your way and embrace what you're doing but don't forget to have that rest and that social life and that life balance and don't get drawn up in being I've got to spend this many hours on the pitch I've got to do this got to do that to try and get where I want to be and that's something I found quite early on you've stolen my last question I was going to say how you how do you take care of yourself among all of that I suppose (laughs) yeah to get that rest and to get that break what what do you do um I quite like going out to watch games to be honest um, I quite like going out. I know that sounds cliche because I've just said don't get drawn up in doing too much. But I quite like going out and um, watching games in our league. Because uh, I, I, like I say, at that level, you know, you want to get ahead of the opposition. You want to see what other teams play like. So I don't. I like going out, watching other teams. Um, and then the uh, only other things like visiting, just visiting family. It's just a nice switch off. You haven't got to think about, you know, what session we're doing tomorrow, what am I doing then? And even if it's just something as just going out for dinner with friends, going out for dinner with family, just those little relaxing moments that you don't want to push to the side because you're too tunnel visioned on what your focus is. Um, so that either that or it's just Saturday and watching football after work. So, thanks, Lewis. Look, thank you so much for joining us. No, there's no problem. I've really enjoyed it. Big. I've listened to a lot of the podcast. Big fan of it. So it's quite an honour to be on. To be honest, that was the voice of Lewis Vaughan Jones. Thanks to Lewis for his time and his thoughts. And thanks to you for listening to the Soccer Coach Weekly podcast. For more from us, join us again next time or visit soccercoachweekly.net for practice plans, advice, interviews and much more. I'm Steph Fairburn. See you again soon. Soccer Coach Weekly.